If you guys are listening on Spotify, make sure to rate us five stars and follow Burning Daylight with Ben Beal to get notified every single time we drop an episode. We'll be dropping new episodes every single week, so make sure you hit that follow button. They told me be at the lounge around 6 p.m. sharp. I'm late to everything, so I should set an alarm. Around here is not safe when the street lights off. I should be home not, but fuck it, I guess no. Yo, welcome back, everybody. We're here with Elijah Hu right now, the executive producer of my last album, Cartoons, and we're going to have a little conversation. What up, Elijah? Yo. <laughs> Yo, what's up? What's I don't know if on? you can hear, but there's like a fire truck in the background right now. It's It adds character to it, though, so we're just we're going right through it. Yeah, I cannot hear that, but... Uh... Bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, solid, solid. Yeah, Um, when I was doing my mic checks before there was literally five fire trucks on my block and also a, a trap ice cream truck which was dope did you see my tweet where <laughs> yeah i was weird. like <laughs> cole was uh playing guitar and singing for instagram live on his porch today <laughs> at all um, i went inside because i got so fucking sunburnt at this music festival um, this past sunday or saturday so i couldn't stay outside and watch him so i'm chilling inside and all of a sudden, I just hear like, you know the the song that ice cream trucks play like every yeah. time you see one drive by. It was that, but with 808s and like hard ass drums. That's hard. That's sounded hard. Sounded like a Mister, not Mister. Sounded like a Metro Boomin ice cream truck. Like a Tisa Korean <laughs> beat. Bro, you love Tisa Korean. How the uh, how the Tisa, love Korean Tisa Korean love dude. start? Bro, I as soon as I heard um. What was it? Work? Dude, work, but it's spelled like W-E-R-K-K. I think it's like two, dude. It's just hard, I don't know. Plus all those like freestyle videos of him, like like outside the Waffle House and like at the gas station <laughs> and just like in some random parking lot. And, and there's- Yeah, there's, I felt like, like all his content was parking lot content. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's so good. There's just something, it's like, that's so raw, you feel me? And he, he's just rapping about like fucking nothing, but like also, dude, it just sounds good. People that hate Tisa Korean hate to have fun. You feel me? Nah, yeah, his his brand is silly. He, yeah, he dude. refers to himself as that silly rapper. He's the silliest guy out right now. I fuck with it. You you think he's it's gonna true. pop off, or you think it was a passing moment? Bro, it's not a passing moment. I mean, bro, I've known about Tisa Korean since like. Damn, I swear since like 2017, 2018, so he's already like four years in it, you know? Yeah, he, he's been around forever, but I also yeah. think you're the one person that I hear about, <laughs> dude, <laughs> that I hear about Tisa Korean from. And I, dude, I love it. Like, me and you yeah. are on the same wave with a lot of our music opinions, yeah. but in terms of like my friends that are really into hip hop and shit, yeah. it's a name that rarely gets thrown around. And it's just, it's a shame. He's, he's fire. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he almost brought Chance the Rapper back. Bro, okay. I was just talking about that with my friends, though, the other day. I thought it was really funny that, like... Okay, so, like, pre-whatever and, like, post-whatever Chance, like, there's the pre-Chance where people are like, oh, I love this, like, this is, like, you know... People are calling him, you know, like, next Kanye, like, possibly, or, like, you know, just, like, a really, like, promising kind of young talent or whatever. And now it's like mid bars, 
horrible beats like that fucking um, <laughs> the Starbucks TikTok commercial thing or whatever. I went and- viral just like responding to that. I was like, <laughs> what were they trying to do with this? So, so some context on that commercial. It was an ad for Starbucks on TikTok that it was Chance... Like it, it was a whole phase where everyone was doing open verses on TikTok where a producer would play a beat and someone would rap over it. And Chance made this beat for Starbucks that was like, like it, it was in, he said in the beginning, like, yo, I need everyone to rap on this. Like, let's go. <laughs> and then it was like a bunch of cowbell and like some choir samples. And it was horrendous. There was no tempo. It was Dude. <laughs> just a horrible syncopation. And yeah, I, I just duetted it. Like, what what do you want people to do with this? There's nothing that can be done. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, okay. But y'all conti- continue. Sorry to cut you off. No, all I was going to say was that the fucking, like, the moment that's between that pre and post phase is him releasing that song with Tisa Korean, Groceries. Chance it was like his transition. Yeah. That was his transition into uh, the big day chance, which, by the way, I recently forced myself to listen to the whole thing because I went back and I watched like a Fantano video and he's like, yeah, I'm feeling like a strong zero on this. And I was like, like, you know, fuck you, dude. There's no way it's that bad. Like, there's no way there's no redeeming qualities about this album. And like seven songs in, I, I had to check the track list and I was like, there's 22 songs on here. <laughs> it's like an hour and a half. It's like a movie's length of just the worst stuff you've ever heard, dude. So uh, what's the Elijah Who rating? It's a fucking, I would not, I would not force (laughs) anyone to listen to that album ever. It's like instead of the parental advisory logo, it's like everyone advisory. Yeah, it's like a fucking like this. Just be careful. Just make sure you're like, (laughs) you feel me? It's like, just make sure you just know what you're getting into. Yeah. Like be the caution. Be careful. This will ruin you, you know? Dude, that fucking Starbucks beat. I found out that sample is a song from the album. And fucking no one knows that because it's on like, it's like three quarters of the way through the album, dude. And no It's one... at minute 48. Yeah, it's at like 48 <laughs> out of like an hour and a half. And I was listening to it with um, Christian, with Kurosai, and we heard it and we were like, oh my God, that's the fucking, that's the thing, dude. That's the TikTok song. You gotta send me that because I... The, the reason I went viral for duetting it was because I was like, nobody could fucking rap on this. I, I'm really curious to hear yeah. how he approached that. I've honestly, it's already, I forgot it. I've forgotten it. It's, <laughs> it's um, or forgotten is it's not the right word. It's like, I've repressed it. You feel me? Like that fucking experience has had to be like wiped from my mind of <laughs> sitting through an hour and a half of like, like there's a Sean Mendes feature on there. And I'm like, why? Like, you know, I like Tom Mendes, <laughs> but like, what A and R like engineered that? But, I mean, you know, it was the A and R. There's no way Chance was like, this album needs fucking Shawn Mendes. No, they, they're like, <laughs> yeah. Same reason we were gonna, we were gonna buy an unreleased Michael Jackson verse for our album. Like, we what? just knew it would pop off. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I was like, dude, <laughs> is that a thing? Yo, hold up. Drake did that on a. What was it? Scorpion, one of his yeah. more recent albums. He he literally bought an unreleased Michael Jackson verse, and they flipped it. Dude, no, okay, because like the reason I was like, 
low-key kind of like i was like no because i hear about people doing that all the time about buying like unreleased verses or buying like like even like posthumous stuff which honestly like that seems kind of like an ethical thing to me you probably shouldn't like do that but like buying people's unreleased that's crazy like they really just put artists in like a closet and they're like yeah just spit like fucking whatever and we'll just go <laughs> like text it to people especially if the artist is deceased like i it, it was weird because yeah. i don't know who had the rights to it, obviously as a state maybe the label on the master so is the label that gave it to drake but yeah. you know there's a, definitely a difference between <clears throat> a producer sampling a dead artist's yeah. uh track from like a vinyl yeah because it's it's giving life to something that's definitely been obscured over time yeah even if it's a very famous sample it's giving it another life you know yeah but when you use a, a vocalist's unreleased clip <laughs> that's something that wasn't put out intentionally yeah like there's a reason that's not one of their hit songs no exactly so it and definitely like, was fucked it's like i fucking i talk to people about that all the time it's like i other than maybe like you know uh the mac miller album i don't think i've heard any good posthumous work recently like recently in the yeah. past like 15 20 years like they fucking butchered pop smokes catalog yeah. they fucking butchered x's like it was horrible the, the, yeah. dude the posthumous x album is so fucking bad it and was, they have another one coming i was gonna say what was there two three or something and they're like they're i down think there's to like, like a compilation then there's a <laughs> an actual posthumous yeah it's just bad it's just not not a good look for anyone involved yeah they're down to like iphone memos like it's hard you know do you remember Virgil's cover of uh, the Pop Smoke album that they literally had to change because it broke Twitter? Dude, they should have kept it, honestly. They should have just. I didn't mind it. I, did, I never thought it was terrible, but it was. Yeah. Everyone was outraged. They're like, Pop Smoke would have fucking hated it. Like, first of all, you have no idea. Second yeah. of all, yeah. it's Virgil. It's whatever he thinks his art is going to be art. That's just what it is. R.I.P. Yeah, that's true. R.I.P. Virgil, dude. But, nah, for real. I mean, it's like totally not the same style, but it reminds me of kind of like the stuff that's not bad on purpose, but it's like, it's kind of like corny on purpose. It's a little bit self aware, like that fucking 21 Savage uh, Metro Boomin cover. You feel me? Where it's like very yeah. reminiscent of like old mixtapes and stuff. Like, that's fire i love that style dude they totally could have just like rocked with the original pop smoke well yo that's what that's what baby tron fucking does bro he has like that that dad piff charm dude that's what it is oh my god that viper-esque yul coward smoke crack or yul cowards (laughs) don't even smoke crack type vibe like i love those shitty shitty album covers have so much more charm than like decent eh not not memorable no that that's true that's true because i mean like you could fucking say anything about any you know major label release or whatever but it's not gonna stick with me as much as like those fucking what what is it it's like the it's like the gucci main mixtape where he's like photoshopped onto buzz lightyear like that's crazy oh uh, dude i remember the cover probably from someone shit posting it on twitter recently but yeah but that's also, hard every little b cover ever is insane yeah dude literally like that kind of <laughs> that kind of shit like 
I mean, yeah, I, I would want, you know, like a nice piece of art on my wall. But if you're gonna have, <laughs> if you're gonna have me pick between that and I don't know, like, uh, fucking, I'm not gonna name anyone specifically, but any like major label like cover art recently, you feel me? Just like any kind of bland like black and white photo or like a nice painting or something. Like, yeah, dude, I'm putting Lil B on my wall. You feel me? It's I the- think the uh, the hardest shit ever is like '70s album covers on vinyls where it's literally just a black washed background and just some dude with their arms crossed like leaning against a chair or something and it's a close up of their upper body and their face there's nothing harder dude yeah fuck there's a band that I have seen a couple times while like sample searching and I think I found their vinyl in person too and it's (laughs) it's it's so hard it's like a black and white photo and it's like a black square and then like in the middle is like this black and white photo and it's like a shadow being cast across them and they're like shirtless and one is like behind the other one like hugging the other guy (laughs) yo you definitely sent me this this is crazy yeah it's so funny because i found it and the video had like 700 views or something and it was posted like seven years ago or something and the only comment on the video is some guy being like yo are these fools gay I was like, that's (laughs) that's crazy like I don't care dude the music was great whoever commented that was 12 years old because anyone who knows <laughs> how fucking rugged these artists were back in uh, the, the 70s and 80s like that were on the cover of these vinyls yeah that's true <laughs> it's they true. were slaying <laughs> <laughs> I could tell too because they both had the stash they both had the 70s mustache that was the thing that drew me to the cover, not the fact that they were shirtless. I was like, I gotta listen to what these two mustached men have put together, you know? It was great. Wait, dude. Wait, hold up. I just, uh... <laughs> Fuck. Damn. Wait, can you hear me? Yeah, what's up? I just dropped my phone and the fucking dongle that was my headphones were plugged into, just yeah. like broke off into it oh what the fuck what <laughs> wait hold on keep it rolling i'm gonna ask yeah. real quick if he has another one of these one two three hard start <laughs> easy i just uh if anyone knows what just happened from the sound i just left in i just dropped my phone and the dongle i was using to plug in my headphones into my phone just snapped in my iphone port so i had to solve that real quick we were just talking about the uh the absurdity that is 70s and 80s soul jazz funk like just classic rock the these album covers they're legendary yeah dude when i'm sample searching like i swear 70 to 80 percent of like the choices that i make are completely based on album covers you feel me oh yeah yeah you you ever go through a playlist and you're looking for a good sample on youtube and you'd skip everything that has a shitty album cover yeah it's not even everything that has like a shitty album cover it's everything that's not like absolutely ridiculous like on the fringe you know like (laughs) i posted one that i just like could not like get over i don't know if you saw but i like tweeted out like a while ago and it's like a lady like grabbing a banana and there's like milk like at the tip of the banana and it's like on an electric guitar and i was like dude come on come on dude (laughs) like but I have to Dude, listen the, to uh, it. It's crazy. 
the the sexual innuendo in these covers too were, were palpable. It's so funny. I'm like, dude, everyone was like just extremely horny and making amazing music in the 70s. It's crazy. It was the cocaine. It, it was true. all the cocaine. Just like an inhuman amount of cocaine. You don't see that shit anymore because every rapper is addicted to fucking fentanyl laced perk 30s. So instead of being horny all the time, they're all 85% asleep at all times. <laughs> no, that's true, but... I don't I mean, know why I'm laughing. It's super sad, and it's an epidemic, too. <laughs> it is really sad. I was going to say, like, the, the bright side out of that, that we get lucky music. So that's We hard. do get lucky music, because he's the one selling these drugs to all the rappers, and then makes poetry about it. <laughs> Dude, that's true. I, I, I went through and I listened to some of his stuff, like, again, like, last night. Because I'm, like, not a huge, like... It's not that I don't like him, but I'm not, like, a big lucky, like, listener. But... I went through and just peeped like his top tracks on Spotify and I was like, every one of these is insane. This is just hit. Wait, hold up, hold up. I'm gonna get hit. the, uh, I'm getting the count on me two lyrics. They're the, yeah, my bad. Cole just interrupted the uh, podcast. Everyone say boo Cole, tomato, tomato, tomato. Tomato. <laughs> um, all right, once Cole closed the door, I'm gonna recite a quick poem from... <laughs> Cole, that was the loudest fucking door close I've ever heard in my life. Very inconsiderate, okay. Um, what's Lucky's real name? Do, do you know it? It's Wait. probably Lucky. Yeah. Yo! It was Derek hippie, something. Hippie Sabotage produced Lucky's alternative trap album. Wait, Hippie Sabotage is so familiar, but I can't put my like finger on who that is. I can't either. I just know that's probably a big deal. <laughs> oh, for sure. But yo, this is this is a quick poem from the man himself. I'm everybody's favorite plug. With no me, they out of sockets. Got clients that's on probation. Say the drug's too good to drop it. That's they problem. Yeah, that's they problem. I keep them hooked and hung over. I'm the drug dealing closet. Are you kidding me? Yo, <laughs> wait, no, that took me like a second to even get that. I keep them hooked and hung over. I'm the drug dealing closet. I'm I'm gonna go to an open mic Bro. night somewhere in Echo Park and just fucking read Lucky <laughs> Verses in a British accent. Everyone's just dying <laughs> the whole Bro. Oh my god. Yo, so this is my favorite part. Um. <laughs> no, I'm no goofy, no pushing me around, my buggy locked. I probably come off as selfish and no see. They buy this ticket to my show, so I give them the nosebleeds. Long as they keep copping and telling their homies. I'm like a desk in math class. They can count on me. So it's real, the street's talking, huh? Oh, this song is so goddamn good. This is Count On Me Too by Lucky, by the way. This man, this man gets in the booth and fucking, uh, just ex expels beauty like nothing that we have ever heard before. <laughs> in, in the words of the, the great wisdom-filled Babytron, get in the booth high as hell and make some captions. Because everything they fucking say are Instagrammable captions. Like, I, I want to make my bio on Twitter... I'm like a desk in math class. They could count on me. Running that right is now. so crazy. 
that is that's a fucking insane bar dude i want i'm like bro how do people like how do people think of this shit because i mean like I yo, mean, yo what, what what's your favorite bar of mine on on our album together damn uh sorry if that's too hard of a question because every single one of my fucking bars is incredible yeah no that's true i fuck with um uh he's stuck in like 2007 bumping nickelback and smoking meth as soon as i heard that i was like yeah you got banger this is the yeah, one yeah dude wow is fu- oh, i can't even say what's my it's eucalyptus right i mean yeah. i think eucalyptus is my favorite song like i knew yeah. it was gonna do well i i just had the feeling when i was recording it i think yeah koi pond is the deepest song yeah i definitely I- was like in my bag recording koi pond absolutely i mean that one was crazy that was like some storytelling type shit that i i feel like that was like a rare moment on the album you feel me so that one specifically as far as bars though um honestly it's not even like a fucking it's not like wordplay or anything it's just hard it was like if i wasn't in the booth i'd be in the yankees bullpen like i feel dude that, that- I was, I had a smile from ear to ear when yeah. I laid that down. <laughs> yeah, I was like... Hisoka was like, awesome. first of all, the fact that we combined... So, so for everyone listening, this is the lore behind Hisoka. I'll say the lore behind Koi Pond too right after this because both have incredible lore. But uh, Elijah sent me a beat that was the first part of Hisoka. And also for those of you who don't know, Hisoka is a character from Hunter x Hunter. He's the uh, the clown that is out of his mind, weird as fuck, but he's also the strongest character besides Gon in the entire series. So, and yeah, it's metaphorical for me because I'm weird as hell, but I'm also the most talented person in the music industry. So is Elijah. <laughs> so true, dude. I'm, I'm a clown. <laughs> and, and his face is always painted. All right, so first... <laughs> first part of Hisoka I recorded that we had that in the pocket like we knew that was going to make the cut of the album um the whole entire time we were compiling songs and mind you at like me and Elijah were churning a song a day at one point we have like 30 cuts and in total we had to narrow the album down from like what 25 songs to 10 something like that yeah yeah, so so the first part was like, watch the world spin, world and, and yeah, that was uh, the first part, and that was a song we made called Whirlwind, and then I think like two weeks before we scheduled the album, Elijah sent me the beat for the the beat switch, the second part of Hisoka, and that's like the uh, when when it quickly shifts, and it's the power of like, if I wasn't making music, I'd be in the Yankees bullpen, that part. Yeah. I we I was just at that point we like had the album together, right? Like we we knew exactly what songs were making the cut, but this when I sent you the joint I did over the the switch up part of Hisoka, you were like, "Yo, we're we're yeah. adding this to the album like it's making the cut." Yeah. We I mean, shot it right over to Greg. We're like merge whirlwind with this shit right fucking <laughs> now. This is so good. And he did. Greg killed the mix on that, too. That's true. That's true. That was fucking crazy. Very much, um... 
I say it a lot, but it that that sounds like an action Bronson verse. Like it's hard. It's crazy. I was thinking that the whole time I was recording it. I'm like, <laughs> I was also listening to a lot of action Bronson, so huge yeah. influence on that. Yeah, one of the goats for sure. But my my influences for that verse were action Bronson, Navy Blue, Makami, and Westside Gun. Like that's yeah I can't, point blank exactly who influenced that shit i can hear the navy blue in there i've just been getting into like a little bit a little bit of navy blue like i'm i'm so uh i'm so just behind on like so much shit so when people are like oh like if people hear me and be like oh he doesn't listen to navy blue you know it's not like i don't like like him i fuck with everything that i've heard so far but that's not a lot you feel me? Navy but. Blue is like a slow burn. Like how I got into Navy Blue is I heard one song. I'm like, okay, this is fucking amazing. Yeah. I listened to that song over and over again. <clears throat> and then literally, I, it, it wasn't like I wasn't trying to get into him, but I wasn't forcing it. Yeah. All of a sudden, everyone started recommending different joints to me. So I listened to these recommendations. Every single one was so consistent. He was so precise. Like his lyrics are fucking incredible. I think that's Besides, like, his ability to hit these pockets and these crazy soul and jazz samples, like, his sample selection, and he produces all this shit, too. His sample selection is one of the best I've ever heard. And his ability to, like, just ride these different grooves that he's putting down are just fucking insane. Um, sorry, I cut you off. What were you going to say? Oh, I'm like, yeah, no, it's insane. I fucking... The first verse I ever heard from him was him and Earl on Alchemist Nobles. It's crazy. Dude, Earl, Navy no- Blue. Nobles is my favorite Earl Alchemist. song, too. It's crazy. Crazy ass song. Was it the rest Invested of the- Invested in arts. Yeah. Dude, that's like one of my- <laughs> That shit's hard. I do less when I stretch before I hit the bar. It's like, that's crazy. Hand crests on the shoulders of the coat of arms. <laughs> Literally, I'm like, bro, this shit's crazy. So I just looped that for like two weeks, and then like after so, that. So, bro, you know I met Earl the other day, like what? A couple days ago. Yeah, at the festival. I, I've been meaning to tell you about this. We'll get back what to the, the cartoons f- lore in a second, <laughs> but I'm gonna tell you about this fucking weekend I had because I can't just get on Twitter and be like, I met blah blah blah. People will be like, damn, Ben's a huge dick rider. Yeah, but. Shut up. <laughs> This is super new to me, like meeting big artists and big rappers, and mm. I want to play it off cool, but I'm just, before I'm an artist, I'm a fan. All these people are my fucking idols, and this weekend, I met Earl Sweatshirt, Smino, uh, Saba for the second time, and he's so fucking cool, by the way. Uh, I met Miguel. Uh, fuck, who else? Sir? I met Reason. I had a great conversation with him. Bro. I had a conversation with Flying Lotus that like shook me to my core. Damn. I met Thundercat, Kamazi Washington. And I, I was with Shrek Knows Rap too. Damn. And we were we were backstage at this festival. And I was so fucking like starstruck and nervous to talk to these people. And <laughs> the first time we met Saba, I was with I was with Shrek and his brother and Chris Patrick. <laughs> and Every, like Saba walked in, I I nudge Shrek and I'm like, bro, that's that's fucking Saba, right? Like I'm not tripping. And he's like, nah. And then Saba approached him and I was like, my guy, what's up? Yo. I was like, no fucking way. I was so starstruck. And then 
he turned out to be such a nice dude. I'm, I'm friends with this homie Day Day, but um, Day Day, and like, I, I didn't have the opportunity to be starstruck with Day Day because he was just so chill right off bat. He was so cool. Yeah. I felt the aura of greatness around Saba though, and I saw him, and I just like didn't want to bother him. <laughs> nah, I don't. Uh, I don't know if I can relate. I'm never really like. I don't think I've been in those situations yet. You feel me? Of, of just, like, like, like meeting a big artist or just like getting yeah. starstruck. No, I mean I've gotten like a little starstruck and stuff, but I've never like been in that situation where I like. I walk in the spot and fucking like Busta Rhymes is like in the corner or something. You feel me? I met Busta like, Rhymes. He was a dickhead. That's exactly why I said that. <laughs> um, but he was not happy that I was in his vicinity, and I was just trying to go to the fucking bathroom. That's so funny too. He yelled at Jay. What? <laughs> yeah. For for anyone listening, Jay is by Jay. He produced Terrapin, um, and and Birdland. Uh, yeah, we were at Quad Studios. Jay, me and Jay were in the lobby. Buster Rhymes was there with all his guys. And I said, what's up? He didn't even fucking respond. <laughs> and then Jay, Jay went to the bathroom. He came out. And Busta was like, what, what the fuck are you doing there? And Jay was like, I just literally just took a piss. And, yeah. and then Jay goes, oh, shit, you're Buster Rhymes. And Busta <laughs> was just like, can you please move out of the doorway? <laughs> <laughs> That's so actually funny. ruthless but not nah, that that was different though like yeah i think a million times out of 10 i would rather meet saba than buster rhymes but i do respect buster rhymes <laughs> very very much yeah obviously yeah. obviously a legend in his own right way better rapper than i'll ever be but yeah maybe like be a little <laughs> nicer man yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to bait you into talking shit about Buster Rhymes for like 20 minutes. But no, I don't give a fuck. I'll, I'll, like, <laughs> fuck Takashi Six Nine, but bro, beef brings ears. You know, people like to watch that shit. Maybe oh, me shit. and Buster Rhymes will have a celebrity boxing match. No, I pay to watch it. I feel like you got you got decent chances. You know, fucking... I would get absolutely murdered. He's uh, huge. He's he's a big dude. Yeah, not, not like fat. Like he's 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 just hefty motherfucker. Giant. Yeah, no. Yeah. I feel like if you did that and you did get demolished, I feel like that would be beneficial for me and any of my like, you know, my relatives. Considering we have an album together, so if you were gonna do that, I'm just saying like I wouldn't stop you. You know. I, I mean, w- yo, you you have permission to curate my <laughs> posthumous album if that's what you're. That's what you're applying. Let's fucking go. I'm flipping all the Ben Beal voice memos that I have, like, ASAP. If I ever die, you have my verbal permission in this audio clip (laughs) to sit down with my parents and curate cartoons, which is coming out regardless if I die or not. No, that's crazy. (laughs) But, But if you die, I finally can put, like, the fucking cartoon, like, running sound in the beats. Cause he keeps telling me to take him out, like the cartoon, like fucking, like banana peel, like slipping sound effect from like the Flintstones. No, dude, I wanted that shit. I wanted that shit in cartoons. I just couldn't find <laughs> one that was tasteful. Nah, you're right. You're right. The the most tasteful one we did was on Imaginary Friends. Dude. Uh, oh my God, look who it. Yeah, that's still crazy. Comes in. That's still crazy. I, I can't like 
at first I was like, this is fucking ridiculous. But I was like, no, this actually, this makes the songs kind of ties it together. It works so well. Yeah. And it's, it also like, you know, when there's like a really, really dope rapper, like obviously the, the better rapper and like the beat kind of <laughs> like rolls out the red carpet. Mm-hmm. It kind of like implies that there's about to be like a legendary verse coming up. Yeah. Like, they like this is a bad example, but they did that for Eminem and Forever when the beat, or or even like Lil yeah. Wayne when the the little piano roll happens and then his verse comes in. Yeah, no, literally. Okay, hello, it's the Martian. Yeah, it's like that little cartoon squiggly sound effect, like sets Arrow off on a tangent. Like it, it sets him up for destruction. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's so funny that we made a fucking album called Cartoons, and I don't know. We need to go there and count up how many actual references there are. I think there's only one sound effect, and as far as like references or whatever, I mean, there's imaginary friends and there's a couple in there, but like. Well, yeah, in in the actual song cartoons, we don't really talk about. So so like, <laughs> w- my thought process in cartoons yeah. wasn't to like draw a comparison between me and different types of cartoons which is like i guess what people would expect from me when when i like make music i love i love the metaphors and similes like i love that shit but the the real thought process i had behind the the experience was i feel like a cartoon myself not i feel that the it's like the spontaneity or that's not a word (laughs) whatever spontaneous Spontaneous mixed with cont- continuity, Damn. like d- just the random shit that happens in my life. The fact that I don't feel like I live a normal life doing music full time, I feel like I'm in a cartoon. Also, like a lot of shit goes into that, like how just the music making process when you are strictly focusing on it and doing it over and over again, it gets very redundant. It reminds me of like reruns of cartoons I watch. Just literally anything in my life could be compared to the actual production of a cartoon but there's yeah. not like a specific one in mind that i i had when we, i was making this no i feel that uh we need the fucking ben Beale, like adult swim series also like asap i feel like that <laughs> that'd be fire just like some fucking um like ah what the fuck what is this shit that um flat is it yasuke I'm so like I get that shit all mixed up and everything, but he did. Yeah, the... Yasuke is a uh, Flying Lotuses. Is that the movie or is that the cartoon? Cartoon. His yeah. uh, his movie is. Fuck! What is it? He just had. I, I saw him. Uh, there was a visual <laughs> at the festival of it. Yeah. Uh, Suki. Suki. Is that what it is? I mean. Things. So. Let, let me Google it real quick. I yeah. have my fact checking machine right in front of me. Yeah. You get on it, dude. I fucking... That's... It's crazy, because... Kuso, like, Kuso. Suki Kuso. is Noel Miller's thing. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay, yeah, Kuso. Fuck, dude. I need to get around to watching, like, all of that. Like, there's so much shit that I'm just... I'm behind on everything. People will be like, oh, have you seen this? Have you heard that? Or, like, whatever. And I'm like, nah, I've been in a media loop for, like, four years. You feel me? <laughs> like, but... Quarantine really fucked me up, because... <laughs> Yeah. I got so used to just like non-stop content. I'm either listening to music or watching TV or movies. Like there's no in-between. There's no moment of silence. Yeah. 
No, that, that was me beforehand, but now it's like, bro, I have to fucking, I'm, I'm like the meme on Twitter of like intaking like five different forms of media at like the same time. So I like don't have the chance to form a thought. You feel me? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I saw that fucking tweet. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm like, bro, I'm literally like, okay, like fucking YouTube video here, like scrolling Twitter, <laughs> like playing fucking smash or whatever. Well, also, I mean, I, yo, when we, when we play Rocket League, I have my computer to the right of me playing snake videos on youtube like people finding poisonous yeah. snakes in the wild that was so <laughs> yeah no you sounded so excited last time dude it's crazy i i fucking I, love snakes man i don't get it i honestly like i don't know i went out as like a kid and i used to like catch like the little like what are they like gardener snakes like the non-poisonous yeah, ones yeah. Like, yeah and i used to just like fuck around with those or whatever but it's like damn as i got older i was like these things are like these are dangerous you know these things will fucking hurt you so i'm, I'm not gonna be messing with snakes you feel me the, the one thing i learned about snakes though in my years of just learning about nature yeah. and like the biology of everything um and i'm very well versed in academia i'm very intelligent i'm one of the smartest <laughs> people in the fucking world <laughs> it's true no I'm playing um, this is not a scientific review of anything this is just something <laughs> I learned from watching YouTube videos yeah. um, snakes don't want to attack people damn. like snakes don't want to bite the same way sharks don't um, it's like if they're antagonized or you're like coming close to stepping on one that's like the main cause of snake bites damn Wait. yeah snakes are really timid and if if you don't pose as a threat, they're not gonna bite you. But a lot of people are walking through the jungle and shit, and they'll they'll take a step and they'll step on a camouflage viper, and that shit'll tear your fucking leg off. Damn. Nah. Okay. Cause that's that's some crazy shit. I follow someone on Instagram who just recently went to like the Amazon rainforest and shit, and I saw videos of like people like he's out there with like tour guides and shit, and he, they're like lifting up like fallen trees and shit and like finding snakes under there and with you being like oh yeah they only like bite if they're antagonized like i'm surprised that dude's still alive dude because i swear everything in the amazon has got to be poisonous or like oh yeah yeah there's so many fucking dangerous animals there <laughs> the, the thing is the people that are brave enough to do that shit usually are like educated in animal behavior no, that's so weird. they they could read the animals like they could tell if they're about to bite or yeah. like which ways they could approach it um the, the dude i fuck with his name is uh uh david's feed yeah and it, he's on youtube and instagram but all he does is play with king cobras and vipers and crates and these animals that if he makes contact with the venom whether that's just touching it yeah. or getting bit he's dead in 25 minutes like this dude does not even shake there's no fear in his eyes like it's insane dude we have, we have to link you with him for a video asap no i'm not going near any like i don't want to be in the same fucking i i told you that the my my ideal cause of death when i do die is let's say i'm on my deathbed and i'm about to die of natural causes yeah I want my family to chum the water in like Cape Cod or some shit where there's a lot of great whites Damn. and just feed me to sharks.
Cause yo, I like I want my relatives to be able to say like, like I don't want a boring normal <laughs> death, like heart attack or some shit. Yeah. I want my family to be able to say like, yeah, he he got eaten by sharks. It was, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, it was. Crazy. I'll be ninety five, so it won't be sad, but <laughs> it, it would be dope as hell. Yeah, they just you know they're like offspring ass like so yeah like what happened to grandpa or whatever they're like yeah we just you know he was old and frail and like couldn't really move and we just you know threw some blood in the water a little bit of pork and just <laughs> tossed him in there you know they just fucking exactly devoured him just limb from limb just you know it's a really really beautiful moment he died doing what he loved yeah getting <laughs> eaten by sharks <laughs> dude what the fuck holy shit no I feel yeah, like no, it's, it's not morbid because it's it's uh it's chill yeah it's like an act of love you feel me it would also be the perfect fucking ending for my biography or my biopic which will come right after the biography dude that would be such a hard movie cover just like a still of you being fucking a 95 year old man just devoured by a shark i'll be holding my mic my my u87 in my <laughs> right hand mm-hmm. i'll be holding my my 43rd grammy in my left hand <laughs> and You'll see me literally falling directly into the Great White's mouth. I won't even be chewed. I'll actually survive for a couple days, in fact. Yo. That'd be, I wonder, <laughs> nah, okay, because it's like, I'm not even... I wonder if people could do that, right? Because isn't there like... There's been like scientifically like uh, verified shit of people like living inside like whales, right? For like a day, like not very long. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're not gonna survive after being fucking digested, but it's like, think bro. about. I mean, realistically, that it has to be a thing because a blue whale is not gonna chew you. But it's also like, what? How, how big is a blue whale? Wait, I have my fact checking machine. It's blue really whale, big. biggest size. It's just big as fuck. A hundred fucking feet long, bro. Yeah, dude. Wait, hold up. That's so mu- that's so many more feet than ninety-three. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to think <laughs> of that in terms of school buses, and I'm just like a lot of school buses. Like I don't know. Wait, what's the size of the Empire State Building? A lot bigger than that, I think. Right? A hundred feet. That's not even that tall. It's a hundred two stories. Um But isn't yeah, and like the conventional story is like ten foot per story, right? So that's like oh yeah yeah feet. yeah yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that would be comparable. It's it's ten times the size <laughs> of a, a blue whale. But no. think about it, like a hundred feet. That's like twelve Yao Mings. Damn. <laughs> We're just gonna start measuring things in Yao Mings. Nah. It's a good metric. He he's the tallest person that I actually know is exact height what was he like seven six seven four seven six i don't know i was not like a huge like basketball fan at that time but dude i watched some retrospectives recently and i was like damn like that guy's tall as fuck you know that's crazy it's just like they see you see him like toss the ball to like his teammates or whatever and and like run down the court and they'll pass it to him and everyone just fucking gives up like as soon as he gets the ball they're like whatever dude I'm not yeah, because he doesn't jump to dunk. He just yeah. kind of like... I'm not jumping up there. Like, what do you expect me to do? You know? Like, the fucking... Like, I feel like when you're that height, you have to play basketball. You can't not. Yeah. I mean, that or, like, paint houses. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yo, they have ladders, though. 
you can't use ladders <laughs> on the on the hardwood. Nah, that's true. I mean, we're tossing the good old pigskin. Seven foot three, seven foot six. What else could you do? Like fucking, I don't know. You could. You could rap. Nah, that's true. Who's the tallest dude? I swear, I was talking about this recently about like rappers that are like unexpectedly like really short or unexpectedly like stupid tall. Like two chains is like six five or something. Yeah, and he was a D one athlete too. He was played for. He? Yeah, he played for I think like Indiana. Fact Bro, checker, hold up. What the fuck? No, I didn't even know. Two that. chains, college basketball. By the way, the the first two chain song I ever heard was Duffel Bag Boys. It was Player Circle. Oh my god, Damn. that shit slapped. Damn. Okay, yeah, he, Alabama State University on a scholarship and what? played on his basketball team from '95 to '97. Yeah, and I also heard he was a genius. He. Bro, he seems like it. <laughs> he graduated from Alabama State University with a 4.0 GPA. Bro, what the fuck? Now he gets paid to smoke weed on the Vice YouTube channel. Like, that's crazy. My, uh, my uncle actually did the theme song for 2 Chainz' most expensive as shit. What? Yeah, shout out Glenn Schloss. That's so um, crazy. Just, yeah, uh, he, he does a lot of scores for uh, TV and... Uh, different film and promotions and commercials he did a damn he did one of Bourdain's shows i'm not sure if it was uh no what? reservations or parts unknown but he definitely did a bunch of music on it that's such a goaded credit that's crazy Dude, he's uh he's the best he's the drummer in my family Dude, let's fucking go man let's all right wait go. let's let's circle back real quick before we go down the wormhole of <laughs> height and rap yeah um what's your overall like favorite song on cartoons like what have you come back to the most since the drop damn uh it's so hard i feel like every song is like it's yeah. every song is a 10 to me i feel I'm that see by the way that's fire not nah, that used to be my shit <laughs> um not nah, cartoons like the intro song that's one of my favorite beats on the album and you killed it on the verse too and so i feel like overall i like that one like a lot but it's probably a tie between that hisoka and Coraline. yeah you Coraline is so fucking good everyone Dude. came correct so it's me you mick jenkins and reason yeah. by the way reason was so fucking nice when i met him yeah um it, it was mad funny because I don't think he's ever seen me. Like we, yeah. we've talked on Instagram and shit. He follows me on Instagram, but Damn. I uh, I was backstage and I saw him. So I walked up to him. I'm like, "Yo, Reason," Damn. and he was with his girl, and he came up to me. He's like, kind of looked confused at first. I'm like, "I'm Ben Beal." He's like, "Oh shit!" Damn. <laughs> Dap me up. He's like, "Bro, the record came out so fucking good. Thank you so much again for Bro. the opportunity to be on it." I was like, but, "Man." <laughs> you kind good. of uh, made the whole album with that verse. It was fucking perfect. Nah, no, that's true, dude. You gotta fucking you gotta tell them the lore behind how Coraline even happened because that was ridiculous. Oh my! I'll like, let you tell it because right. you're the MVP with this shit. Because we had the reason <laughs> verse on a different fucking beat. Uh, I'm gonna stop talking. I'm a, no spoilers. Nah. Okay. Elijah, who? Let him know. All right. So the reason verse was. 
Yeah, it was on a different song. It wasn't even on a song on the album. It was for something like completely separate from the album. And Ben just hit me up and was like, "Yeah, this fucking this uh this verse is so good that we we have to use it." And I just feel like what it's being used on right now is like not like up to par and we could do so much more with it like <laughs> yep. you know on this album and so he hits me up what was it it was like two weeks or like three no it was okay maybe like a month like a it month was right before, before the, the deadline too yeah it was, it was right was around like, hisoka yeah like we were supposed to be like done with the album and at the end at the end we got so much like inspiration and like drive or whatever and we're like yeah let's just like get a couple more and just a couple more um greg was also like we need another feature on this because yeah yes it's amazing but it's not like we're like scrapping for time like we don't yeah. need to narrow anything down you you have so so many opportunities for just crazy artists to get on this and yeah. we, we had aerospace we had haji we had cole um who else we have we had and yo the mick jenkins verse was after reason right yeah i think so we i don't got know that how one. the fuck we got that in hot time <laughs> yeah <laughs> Dude, oh my god, that was crazy. But anyways, so yeah, this was the month we submitted the album. We, Elijah, I, I, I sent the reason verse to Elijah, just the acapella. <laughs> Continue. Yeah, he sends me uh, the acapella, and he's like, "Yeah, can we get a, uh, can we get a beat? Can you like reprod something for this? By the way, we have like a month, so like no pressure." And I was like, "Yeah, all right, <laughs> cool." So I sat down for like two, three days straight, and just like straight did not like get up from my laptop. I was just like sample searching and like trying out different things and there was at least like three different versions or whatever beforehand that like I mean like they were okay but they were not the direction we wanted to go and I was like alright like I'm, I'm gonna make this stick like I'm gonna make it work and I found the sample for it and I was like yeah this is it like immediately as soon as I heard that I was like this is perfect and so I went and I threw that down on like a little demo beat or whatever layered everything over um and sent it to Ben and he was like yeah yeah this is the one like out of the past like two or three or whatever like those were those were good but like this one as soon as I hear it like this is it um you you know I told you my process like how I make songs is like the beat has to hit me like within the first 10 seconds yeah if it like I, I don't know how to explain it but there's a sensation i get when i hear a beat that i know i'm gonna end up rapping on <laughs> it just like clicks in my head the second i hear the beat yeah and it's not like the beat could get good eventually and i'll be like oh shit this is no like yeah i, I have to know on the spot the last 10 beats elijah's texted me by the way in the past <laughs> like month and a half have all had that sensation <laughs> and i'm it's to the point where i have like a waiting list of shit i have to do Amen. But the specific song though, I remember it was, I think I moved here. I, I moved to LA. Yeah. Um, like the night you sent me that shit. Literally, I think it was the same day, which is yeah. like, I mean, perfect. Like I can't even imagine like, you know, a better, like more creative time anyways, or a more like creatively inspiring time. I was ready to just like buckle in and you know like now I'm in LA now I'm in work mode but yeah. when you sent me that beat do you, do you also remember how long it took me to get the verse in because yeah. I, I couldn't fucking out rap Reason <laughs> or Mick Jenkins and also like once you flipped the Reason verse we were like 
we should get another big feature on this shit make it like a trifecta yeah so then we we sent it to mick mick was like yeah man and then we had to wait for both verses to be on it and then then i took like a month after that to record or, or like a couple weeks i was like bro both of them have the best verses i've ever heard in my life yeah i can't i need to focus like I, I can't just do what i usually do and spend an hour on this and send it through yeah and and the fact that like we sent it over to nick and we we're like yo can we get a hook on this and he was like a hook like i need to give you a verse for this i'll give you a verse yep. Yeah, we were about to literally just have him do the chorus. I ended up doing the hook and my verse. I couldn't have been more grateful, dude. They're they're so fucking nice. Crazy. That's such a cool like, such a cool thing to have uh, uh, coincided. Is that the word? To have like come together. You feel me? Like that was such a great yeah. And also the time that you spent writing the verse is worth it though, because it's like that's the most focused I've seen you like actively like fucking sit down and be like I'm, I'm constructing and then like I'm taking it apart like what I built and I'm gonna like put it back like better you feel me like yeah I, I was sending you like bits and pieces right I was just yeah. like dude I love this I love this couplet right here but I don't fuck with this any any feedback or anything and we really like I feel like that was also the most like lyrical input you had like on any song on cartoons because I was really depending on feedback on this one. I couldn't just trust my gut because the song was so fucking good. I wanted it to be absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy, by the way. I always think it's interesting when producers give like lyrical input. Cause it's like, I don't know, like maybe other producers feel more comfortable with like doing that. But it's like, dude, I'm not a rapper. You feel me? Of like- course. Uh, <laughs> but there, you like, you have to admit producers also have this certain ear where you know what you kind of want to hear on your beat sometimes like you'll get surprised by the lyricist but if you absolutely hate something that someone's rapping on your beat it's gonna fucking kill you inside and like i feel that <laughs> like slowly like make you decompose every time you hear the song so um i also wanted you to be as proud of whatever we did with that like as i was yeah I mean, and dude it, it worked so fucking well yeah that's still probably probably one of my favorite like beats i've made or at least like uh, my favorite like song i produced for other people you feel me yeah you you fucking yeah. murdered that beat and you were also not only under a time crunch but you had to <laughs> perfectly match it to a verse that had a very specific type of energy yeah in a very specific tempo too i was like i'm not i can't time stretch these vocals at all and we can't get this dude to re-record so i just gotta if if anyone here listening has heard my song redundant the reason verse was supposed to be on redundant yeah uh so imagine how different those two vibes are yeah yeah (laughs) and I i reason definitely liked the like he recorded to redundant in the studio and he liked Coraline more than redundant. Let's go, dude. I'm so happy to hear that. Oh, yo, he, when I met him, he was like, dude, the record is so fucking good. And I was nervous about it because um, <laughs> he didn't hit me back on the update for Coraline. Like, yeah. all he knew was that we had the redundant verse in. Um, and then I, I was like, yo, I think we're going in a different direction with the verse. Um, I'm going to have a producer 
flip your verse and we'll we'll see how it goes I'll, I'll send you the final you'll obviously have final cut he didn't hit me back till like four days before the album came out damn and he was like yo this is fucking dope I was so hyped about it dude let's fucking go we gotta tap him for cartoons too the the lore on koi pond was ridiculous though that was um you you hear me in the beginning of the song go it's 5 a.m like you know that little exactly exactly how you said it yeah yeah um <laughs> it's 5 a.m so yo so uh koi pond um you sent me the beat at like 2 a.m one yeah. night and i remember i couldn't go to sleep and i was listening to the beat and i got so inspired i was just up writing to it uh and I, I remember just like every single fucking line I wrote, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my, like after every single thing I typed, I was like, this is just like clicking right now. Yeah. I, so I was in my parents' house because I had to leave school my senior year, University of Maryland. I had to go home because of COVID. So all I could do was just sit in my parents' basement. I set up a little studio and that's where I recorded all of cartoons except Coraline, which I recorded in LA. Um, so I, at, I think like 4.45, I stumbled downstairs, I think hungover from drinking like four hours prior to that and, um, very sleep deprived, obviously, cause I hadn't gone to sleep. I fucking just sat there and recorded Hisoka or not Hisoka, um, Koi Pond. And we finished that song by 6am. I, I texted Elijah. You were in Australia at the time, right? Yeah, I was still there. So you were awake. Yeah. It was, was 5am for me, but I think, like, what was it? Like, 2pm for you or some yeah, shit? Yeah, something weird like that, yeah. Uh, the, by the way, the, the disconnect on the uh, time zone change was insane. <laughs> uh, for everyone listening, so how it worked was I would make a song during the day or even at night yeah. and I wouldn't get feedback or a response from Elijah for like 12 hours because he was in Australia and there was a crazy time difference. So Dude. I would be so excited about some shit and so excited for you to hear something. <laughs> and then I had to wait so fucking long to like get the first impression. I would send it to everyone that oh. I usually send my unreleased shit to and get everyone's feedback and then Elijah's last. That shit was killing me. I was like, I would send you beats. I'd be like, this is like my favorite beat I've made so far for the project or whatever. And then boom, like eight hours later, or like if I stayed up like late or whatever, you know, like 1 a.m., like 2 a.m., maybe I'd get like a, oh, for sure. Like, I'll check this like soon or whatever, like that kind of like, and I was like, bro, like, I'm not going to know until tomorrow. Like, <laughs> it was hard to sleep through the whole process. I was like, damn. Nah, now it's been better because you're back in Oregon, so. Yeah, easy. It's, yeah, we're, we're on the same exact time zone now, so it's actually perfect because every time I text you, I get a response. No, that's true. That's true. It's, it's fire being back in America for that reason only. And also, I can drive. Those are the Hell two yeah. reasons. So. Yeah. Dude, I, so I texted Elijah the other day. We're on the same coast right now. When the fuck are you coming to LA? And he was like, I'd rather <laughs> run into the freeway right now 
blindfolded Dude. and come to Los Angeles. That's me, number one LA hater. What's up? I mean, the one thing I've learned since I've been out here is like all the downsides that anyone told me about are true and all the upsides are also true, but the downsides are really bad. Yeah. The upsides are really good, but the downsides are really fucking bad. Yeah, and I mean like, okay, like on that note, like I love to like bag on LA or whatever as like a joke, but it's like, I don't mind going there. The only reason I'm not going there right now is because COVID and it's like, bro, I already got COVID and I feel fucking terrible after it. So I do not want to get it. I don't want to get a second round of COVID, but like, dude, of course, if there is no COVID, yeah, I'd go to like Anaheim and we could chill or whatever. But like, I just, ah, dude. nah, nah, Anaheim is worse right now than LA because no one gives a fuck there. Oh my God. Ah, oh, chill. This is a Disney town, dude. Do whatever yeah. they want for, for the mouse. It's but, like the uh, Florida of California. Nah, that's Orange true. Orange County and Anaheim. <laughs> That's absolutely so true, and I say that. I as went to Patsu's, and he's like, "Dude, we we went to uh, uh, we went out to eat at like Canes or some shit. Uh, they have every single amazing fast food restaurant within two minutes of their house. So like me, Patsu, and Connor, we all got Canes, and it like OC is all strip malls. It's all just like you know. Yeah, yeah. Random strip <laughs> malls that'll be like." Banchan, massage parlor, McDonald's, like all Dude. next to each other. Yeah. No, I was just and yet, say. not a single fucking mask in sight the whole time I was there. We were we were there for probably like an hour and a half. It's it's disgusting. I can't I can't condone it. You know, I'm not <laughs> I'm not about it, dude. I was living in Australia and people were like. Oh, you know, how is it over there? Like living under the dictators and shit. And it's like, dude, I can go out. I can go out without a mask and like eat and be fine because there's zero cases of COVID. You feel me? Like for a solid three month period, like COVID just was not a thing. As long as you like wash your hands and like use hand sanitizer and you check in for the contact tracing and like make sure that if you test positive, you know where that positive person was and when they were there. You feel me? And it's like, of course, bro, that was so much better. And I get back here and they're like, yeah, just fucking like good luck. Not a single person is contact tracing here. Like, yeah. You just gotta get lucky and hope that whoever had COVID around you tells you. Yeah, and it's like, dude, like, it was so bad. I went two years outside America, no COVID. Like, it was fine. I came back here, and within six weeks, I caught COVID sitting in my house. Like, there's nothing I could yeah, do. Yeah, no, it's it's really, really bad here, because yeah. everyone's just dumb as shit. But <laughs> the, the only thing you could do is, like, either leave the country my or... Point. Just hope that when you get COVID, it's not that bad. Yeah. Well, I already got COVID once and it kind of sucks because now I got to like catch my breath like in the middle of sentences and shit. So hopefully. Yeah, I have a, I have like, I I got severe lung damage during COVID. Like I, I went to um, Laguna Beach. I went to a thousand steps beach and it's just like the title implies. There's a staircase that goes from the freeway directly onto the beach and it's it's not a thousand steps but it's like 400 yeah and it's so fucking steep like every hill in california is and i was walking up this staircase when we left the beach like downhill obviously it was sick i was like yeah look how fast i could run down these stairs cole (laughs) (laughs) yeah but when i was walking up um 
I had to take like four or five breaks because it felt like someone just put a machete directly through my ribs. Dude, yeah, it's crazy. Like I, I, dude, before, before I got COVID, like, you know, I was still out there, like in Australia, like me and Veronica were going on like hikes and shit. And like, we climbed up like a mountain and stuff and like it was fire. And then like, I come back to America and I get fucking COVID and it's like, bro, I get tired fucking like, uh, carrying records like through the record store and shit you feel me if i have like a pretty decent like hefty pack of records or whatever i gotta like set it down and like fucking take a breath and i feel like lightheaded i'm like dude this is crazy <laughs> this is crazy so i'm just i'm straight getting out of here the first opportunity though yo you you should have seen me at the festival yesterday because yeah. <clears throat> or not yesterday it was saturday dude time's flying because I'm still coming off the high of meeting every single one of my fucking <laughs> idols. But yeah, I, it was called Smoking Grooves. There were two stages that were, I'd say like uh, 0.5 miles away from each other. So every time you wanted to switch sets, you had to walk like half a mile. That's insane. Uh, so me, me, Cole, we were with a bunch of friends we had people we wanted to see on both stages at all times. We were constantly bouncing back and forth. Me and Cole got to the uh, festival to go like VIP at like 8.30 a.m. And then we were there till 10.30 p.m. What the fuck, <laughs> dude. Yeah, by, by the last show, I think we were watching Tori and moi. I was like checking my phone every two minutes to see when uh, their set would end because I want to leave so fucking badly and I love Tori and that kind of broke my heart but my hips felt like someone cut off my legs and then tried jamming my legs back into my hips to reattach them dude yeah okay so like I feel you though like I didn't even know about it, but bro, you can fucking like really fuck up your shins and like hips and like heels and everything just by while. Like, I mean, it makes sense like thinking about it, right? But it's like, I didn't know until I fucking did it to myself. And I got to, me and Veronica went to Sydney and we were staying like downtown, like Chinatown area. And there's like tons of hills. It's like San Francisco level, like hills and shit, just like everywhere. And we didn't know how to take the Metro. <laughs> and so, we just walked everywhere and it's like concrete hills and shit and in the first day because we were like oh yeah we have to go see like the sydney opera house and that's like fucking like a mile and a half like one way uphill um and then we have to like go to the <laughs> gardens and shit and we took like and you were 17... walking everywhere yeah we took like seventeen thousand steps dude and by the time i got back i was like i fucking cannot move like it feels like someone has fucking taking like a wooden two by four to both of my shins we're getting older man it's it's really not pretty <laughs> yeah but it's we're both. uh <laughs> we're both at peak physical condition but it's true you know i look at my friends i'm like that's gross bro you look terrible <laughs> yeah <laughs> no i'm playing no, i'm just too. like noticing a lot more like aches and pains than usual and i'm being a bitch like at the festival, I kept nudging Cole, and I'm like, dude, my fucking legs, they hurt so bad. Like, I was being such a hoe. Yeah, but no, that's real, though, dude. You can fucking, like, 
I found out you could bruise your heels and shit just by standing too much, dude. Yeah, one of my friends got a stress fracture on their foot. Yeah. Just from like walking around too much. Yeah, dude, you can put yourself in a situation where you have to fucking like rehab yourself for six months if you just stand too long. It's like, dude, like that's crazy. I don't know, <laughs> dude. I, I would not classify that as like being a hoe or whatever when you're like, dude, I can feel my fucking not being a hoe, I was being a bitch. Nah, that's true, dude. If you can't, <laughs> if you can't handle a little I, I realize they both have different connotations. Yeah. Yeah, dude, my brother, when my brother was pledging a fraternity, not going to say his name or what school because <laughs> these kids are way too fucking serious about it. Like, they'll find where I live right now and kill me. Um, he was pledging a frat and, like, the last thing he had to do before he got initiated was they put him in a tuxedo. Yeah. And he just had to stand in the same spot for seven hours straight without moving. Why? Dude, what the fuck is wrong with these, like, <laughs> the frat culture? It's always, like, the dumbest shit or they're like, dude, you have to fucking, to be accepted into our, like, our secret brotherhood or whatever, we're gonna totally, like, fuck with you and prank you good. You have to, like, blow all of us. You feel me? <laughs> it's always some shit Dude, like that. As a as a joke, we're gonna do some blowjobs right now. Yeah, as a joke, we're gonna fucking <laughs> uh, get into a committed polyamorous relationship. Like, it's just term. a prank, bro. Yeah, it's but just like just a as a joke, like it's just hazing though. It's always <laughs> just, like there's no in between. It's like we're either gonna fucking break all your bones, or you have to blow us now. It's like, dude. All right, everyone, line up right now. You're getting your assholes tickled. Yeah, literally. I'm like, dude. Like, <laughs> I mean, I feel like standing for seven hours, like, as much as that sucks, that's one of the, like, less bad ones that I've heard. You yeah, me? I can't say anything here because <laughs> I, I listed what college I went to, Damn. but I had to do some pretty heinous shit. Yeah. Not, nothing nothing really abusive or, not mm. obviously nothing sexual, there's no sexual harassment, okay. but... Oh my god, the shit I had to eat and stuff. Were you in a frat? I didn't even know. Yeah, I was in it, but I didn't... I, I really kind of hated the frat culture. I was yeah. just always in my room making music. It was just because, like, my closest friends that I, I made when I got to school, they all did yeah. a frat. So yeah. I just... I didn't want to, like, lose my my friends. And they, they were all really cool throughout college. Like, it... It, it wasn't yeah. really... Like, even though I went to a really big, like, popular school... It really didn't get, like, the stereotypical frat type shit. Yeah. Not My friends stayed pretty chill. It was just like, dude, it, it felt so not worth it after I pledged. Like, I fucking hated pledging. Yeah. And I didn't gain that much after I finished pledging. Like, I, for the most part, I just made music all of college and just did shows and traveled. Dude, isn't there a pledging fee, too? Don't you have to pay money for that? Oh, yeah, yeah. You have to pay dues when you're in a fraternity, and you have to pay to just be a part of it. It's pretty ass. That's insane, dude. <laughs> like, you have to pay for us to be your friends, and also we get to fucking beat the shit out of you. Like, the first day that we Well, meet Well, you. like, the I, I think the way they marketed dues was, like, you get free alcohol at all the parties and stuff, and, you know, they, they have events where you're never going to have to pay a cent. They get, like... The dues all goes to, like, your experience, per se, but, like, I fucking... I, dude, I would have been just as happy not doing a frat, for sure. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I was pretty happy with not doing a frat as well. As far as, like, I didn't even... I didn't, I didn't go to college, but... 
<laughs> if I went to college, I would not have joined a frat. I can tell you. That's another thing. I definitely didn't need to fucking go to college. I probably would be a lot further in my music career right now if I didn't. Dude, honestly. I can, <laughs> I can pretty easily say that not going to college was one of the better decisions in my life. Just because, like, one, it fucking freed up time for me to, like, start making music. And also, I didn't start up my adult life with, like, $200,000 in debt. So that's pretty fire. You feel me? You don't have to make me feel bad, bro, because that's definitely my situation. No, it's fine, you dude. You'll, you'll get out. The system's designed for you to get out and not be in debt. <laughs> Shut dude. the fuck up. No. <laughs> the infrastructure <laughs> works, dude. Trust the system. Yeah, no, trust the system. Like, debt eventually just resolves yeah. itself. Nah, I'm, I'm, my only debt in life right now is student loans, and it's I'm just not looking at them. One day <laughs> they'll go away. Dude, just don't pay them. I mean, who's gonna fucking what? They come to your door or something? Bro, bro, I'm popping right now. Like, I have, I have stacks. Come on, you kidding me? Yeah, no. If they come to your door, just sell them your Spotify stacks. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm good on it. I'm good for it. You know, give me an extension. Bro, I have a song with no idea. Yeah, man. dude. Do you see the numbers this is doing? And also, <laughs> also the fucking like. Are you finally getting money from that? By the way. Yeah, yeah. We we can't get into it because there's still. It's, yeah. it's very political and He's a lot of legal stuff, but open case. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. As of right now, the deal is good. I can't, like, in terms of like yeah. the damages and shit. Yeah, yeah, we're good. But I can't Easy. disparage anyone or like, you know, get into it. It's probably better. It's not. It would yeah. sound really, really hateful if I spoke my mind. No, I got you, but I mean, yeah, at least you're getting what you're getting the tariff and money now. So I mean, you're you're good. I'm you're... not getting the tariff and money now. <laughs> All right, never. <laughs> never Bro, mind. The, I mean, I'm getting some of the tariff and money now, but Bro. I'm signed like that song is signed to Final Digital. Damn, Ben Beals so, broke. You heard it here first. No. Bro, I'm popping. I have stacks. We have this podcast. I would make a million dollars a month. No, that's true. That's true. This podcast nah, is nah, the big I, money maker. I would definitely <laughs> not be able to live in LA if I wasn't financially stable, but I do have yeah. like a detrimental spending problem. Dude, no, I feel you. I feel you. You know, you ever fucking wake up and you're like, damn, she just feels fucking bad today. I'm gonna go like have a twenty dollar meal for lunch. Or, like a third I did that today. Alright. No, I didn't in LA every meal's like twenty bucks, isn't it? You actually want to hear how fucked up my day was? All right, what's up? So tomorrow, the song with Patsu drops, Haunt Me. Oh, that's good. And I need a W, bro. Like, I need Dude. it to pop off because I, I fucking love the song. I love Patsu. I, I really, I just want to make sure the release is perfect because, um, you know, my last two releases, I didn't promote as much as I should have. The last show I had, I didn't promote because... My friend passed away and I just like wasn't in the mood to promote it. Did a show for zero people. Yeah. Um, Damn. I just like, yeah, shit, shit's been kind of bleak the past couple months. And yeah. I just want, I want a reason to celebrate and be super happy. So today I woke up, the song comes out tomorrow at midnight. So today I woke up and was like super anxious about it. I had nothing to quell my anxiety. Like I wasn't going to wake up and start drinking alcohol or smoking weed. I just kind of got up did my daily routine brushed my teeth took a shower and the first thing i did was i just got in my car got a cup of coffee at starbucks 
and then just got on the got on the fucking highway with no destination in mind. Damn. <laughs> I, I just started driving. First of all, horrible idea because gas is seven dollars a gallon right what? now in California. What? What the fuck? Yeah. Very ass. So there was that. Um I so yeah, I just started driving. I drove for like twenty miles. Yeah. Just listening to podcasts and haunt me over and over again. Hell yeah. And then I got off at a random exit. Like I, I told you I had no destination. So I got off at Ran- Rancho Cucamonga where workaholics took place. I was I was actually super stoked. I called my friend. We had we we reminisced on some of our favorite moments from the show. I was it's actually mad funny because I was listening to their fucking podcast and just randomly ended up there. Damn. No, that's fate for real. That's crazy. Yeah, but so so what I did was I, I just kinda like explored a little bit, drove around, yeah. um, got $190 worth of fucking gas, and then oh I saw a cool looking comic book store, so I went in, bought a comic book. Um, there was a, a sports card store next to it, so I bought a, a couple packs of Pokemon cards just to... I don't even collect Pokemon cards. I just wanted to <laughs> kind of numb myself. The tiny dopamine rush from fucking spending money. Exactly. I don't know. It, it just felt... I, I, it made me feel something. So I <laughs> bought the uh, I bought the cards, opened them in my car. For like five minutes, I was super stoked because it yeah. felt super nostalgic to open Pokemon cards. And then I got some I got some canes, raising canes, the fast food, and just drove, what, 20 miles back home. <laughs> oh my God, dude. It, it, it was literally like retail therapy. Like I just needed to do anything other than think and like have thoughts. So I just wanted to just spend some money. Come to Portland, we'll go drop like 80 or like 100 bucks at like this fire record store, dude. It's crazy. I'm so I've, down. I've been picking so many like crazy pieces from there. It's the same. What, what's the record store? It's called Crossroads. Um, it's over. Oh, in right, the- right. You're, you're telling me about this, but tell the yeah. audience. There's a fire, fire record store in Portland. It's like Southeast, like 82nd. And I'm not sure what the cross street is. It might be like Powell, I think. It's one of the main ones, but it, yeah, it's called Crossroads. It's just like a little like uh, like small business or whatever, but they're crazy, dude. They have a whole like world section that's like the best international like record section in the city. Like every other record store I've been to, like not even close, not even close to this. And it's like the world section is a very underrated crate digging section, by the way. Dude, yeah, I do not even go to like. I don't go to like their soul or like their jazz, like the R&B or like the library section or like whatever. Like I go straight to the world section. I'm like, I'm picking exclusively from here. Like I'm going through all the Brazil records, all the like general Spanish records. Like uh, I found some fire records from like Taiwan and shit and like Korea. Um, oh, this fire. Yeah, some crazy. Just like, oh, dude, it's so good. It's so good. Come here, we'll go there. Before I tell you like my favorite crate digging secret like this is my recipe when i walk into a record store my favorite record store ever is clockwork records in hastings new york um the dude who owns it is a fucking legend and he knows that a lot of people that are crate digging and shopping at record stores now are producers looking to sample so he purposely stocks his inventory with 
crazy obscure records um he has like a whole entire room just of dollar bin dollar bins which is every record in the bin and i think there's 50 records per bin they're a dollar and he'll let you buy the entire dollar bin for 25 dollars damn so i i for 75 bucks i get like um 150 records dude all right whenever we finally run the myc trip we gotta go it's crazy wait that math could have been so wrong i I don't even remember (laughs) what i just said but whatever the case is i get a crazy fucking deal um and yeah it's you have no idea what you're getting it's all dollar records nah but sometimes he sometimes not but there's so much to flip through it's it's awesome i get put on so much music too that way but my favorite shit ever is japanese funk music i find the most samples from obscure japanese funk records for real oh my god bro there's so much like i'm not gonna say the names or anything but dude yeah you can't yeah uh, ginseng already sampled it bro that's true dude fuck that shit (laughs) i'm not even like in the process of like working on the tape or whatever i'm working on right now dude i swear i ran through like another four ginseng samples that i had not found before so it's like four new ginseng samples i was like dude there's no way there was one that i looked up and i was like dude he sampled that twice he flipped that two different ways on two separate songs i was like what that's the craziest shit to me like jay does that a lot he he'll find one sample and make like 12 beats out of it dude i had really cool i had that idea the other day of just trying to like make like a short ep just find a really weird and dynamic like long song or something i i would love for you to do a remix ep of cartoons just like fuck around with some of the like also that's my fault because i know you want the acapella (laughs) i definitely need to send them no i um i got you (laughs) yo if you if you like flip the fuck out of these acapellas just made some crazy shit from scratch with without my like baseline of ideas that would be insane not easily easily plus we definitely had some demos from there that like the verses were usable they got cut for the beats i'm like dude even just since that project i feel like i've had like a decent improvement and so i'm trying to like i'm definitely trying to go back and hit those verses again so yeah it's uh it like that's what um denzel curry did with unlocked with kenny beats they did a full album of remixes from other producers and it was like robert glasper yeah it was it was fucking nuts it's crazy dude i'm down for sure um we gotta finish cartoons first though the second one dude the sequel i'm gonna I'm send you even more beats bro i still have like i feel like you've sent me enough where we'd have a stupid <laughs> amount of songs already true it's gotta be all hits dude i i also gotta like you gotta make a song with my younger brother he's fucking killing it dude he's getting so good i vouch i wouldn't vouch for like anyone really yeah like to i wouldn't be like you have to work with this dude because i i could just send you someone's music and that you (laughs) you either fuck with them or you don't yeah but you and Noah would make a crazy fucking song send me send me a verse easily dude Dude, he started making beats. I'm like, I'm super proud. Damn. Bro, that's okay. Yeah, no. I just, I, I'm, I'm waiting for the day that you get, like, because you're already, like, on the way. 
but the day that you get like stupid crazy with like the beats and like self-producing dude like that's it you know it's over like well i sent you those last two joints i did right like yeah. i feel like i'm getting towards a sweet spot because i was looking at my catalog and i was looking at like the money i'm making from my catalog and yeah. i realized every single one of my songs is split like five or six ways yeah i, I kind of just want to have and also um not that i don't absolutely fucking love having my name next year's because yeah. i feel like <laughs> me and you are literally a legendary hip-hop duo like we it's it's perfect music in my opinion um i don't have any songs where it's just like just ben beal yeah Nah, I feel that because it's like, bro. I think I always I, credit my producers and shit. Like I, I will always do that because the song would not exist without the producers. Yeah, and it's like, dude. But that's, also, that's like the in, in the case it. of cartoons, like I want you to be on it. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. like, uh, you did at least like seventy five percent of the work on that shit. I swear to God. Man. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> bro, like, just crediting your producers. I mean, you're, I think you're one of the only rappers I see anyways that fucking gives your producers, like, primary artists on the songs. Like, that's crazy. That's a, a big thing. So, I mean... You think that's, out. like, not an industry standard? Because I, I always wonder that. A lot of rappers just kind of drop shit without that. But, like, I feel like I'm growing with the artists I work with. It, it yeah. makes no sense not to do that. Yeah, it's straight up, it's not an industry standard, dude. I mean, from what I hear, like, I mean, I don't really work in the industry or whatever, but from what I hear, like, whenever that kind of shit happens and you get, like, a placement, they'll do, like, whatever they can to minimize your role in it and to kind of boost up the artist or whatever because, like, the artist is usually, like, the main draw to the song and, like, you know, the more plays they can get, on the song and the the more they can minimize the producer and give them like a smaller cut and like less like image and everything you know the more money that the label will make you feel me and so it's like giving your your producers primary artists on the song like you know it's it's gonna be it's shine for both of you you feel me? That's what I'm trying 100%, to hundred percent. But I the the my reasoning behind it is like it wouldn't make sense if you weren't a primary. Like obviously unless if, if you don't want it on your page, yeah. The, like I'd completely understand, but it's a Ben Beal and Elijah Who album. It's not a Ben Beal album. Yeah. I mean Yeah. You did you sent me maybe fifty beats throughout the process. <laughs> yeah. You did so much fucking work on that and there would not be a single song if you didn't send a single beat. So, like, yeah. it, it really would make no sense if you weren't a primary artist. Like, obviously, unless you didn't want to be, because I'll, I'll always give people the option. Yeah. And, bro, it's like, I want my fans to know who Elijah Who is. I want your fans to know who Ben Beal is. Isn't it a no-brainer? Like, it's... Everyone benefits. Literally, that's the thing. Every, everyone benefits. And there's, like, so much shit within the industry from what I hear... Whether like we don't want everyone. Nah, to dude, I've I've experienced it firsthand. Yeah, a hundred percent. And also like I've worked with, I've worked with people, where people that I was working with at the time were like, we just want your name or something, and I I yeah. never understood it. I I didn't like object to it because I, they were playing it off like it's an industry standard where it should <laughs> just be your name on it, and then the producer gets a credit, whatever. Yeah. But 
yeah, it's like that. Every producer I've worked with recently, I give as much credit as I possibly can because I would actually be nothing without my producers. Yeah, I mean, dude, ah, oh, fuck, it's it's like uh, when they're like, oh yeah, like we just like want your name or whatever. Like, it's the pull, right? Because they want to keep the artist as like being the thing that pulls people into the song, and they want the artist to remain the artist, and they want the producer to remain the producer. The industry does not fuck so much with producers that want to produce vocalists, but also want to be their own artists, you feel me? Because it's like, I don't see people doing that really besides, like, like I see Monte doing that, and I'll see, like, K. Trinata doing that. But, like, outside of that, I mean, I can't really name that. I guess, I guess Alchemist drops, like, instrumentals and stuff, but, you know, like, there's not a lot. <laughs> there's not a lot. And so treating your art or, or treating your producers like an artist should be the industry standard. Like just Well dude, up. the the best examples I could give of that are like Alfredo, Freddie Gibbs and the Alchemist. Yeah. Bandana, Pinata, yeah. Freddie Gibbs and Madlib. Like to, in my opinion, I I think that's a legendary duo. I love seeing their fucking names together. If yeah. I ever see Freddie Gibbs and Madlib as two primary artists, I'll know that it's gonna be an incredible beat with <laughs> A perfectly supplementary rap <laughs> and you know alchemist is doing that now with uh earl navy blue Action. and he's doing like yeah apologies for the abrupt ending but elijah's fl studios crashed so luckily we didn't lose the entire podcast we still got to uh recover his file but that was a really close call honestly so we're gonna definitely drop a part two of this where we go more in depth with the album creation process and how cartoons came to be so you know the drill hit follow rate us five stars so we pop off and all get rich and you know thank you for tuning in to burning daylight <laughs>